This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Redis is a NoSQL key value store in memory database first that is exploding in popularity in the past few years. In this video slash course, we will explain what Redis is, talk about the in-memory model. We're going to talk about optional durability, replication, clustering, the publish-subscribe model that this uh, in-memory database has. We're going to talk about the transmission protocol, what kind of protocol Redis uses for transmission. And as always, we're going to finally talk about some examples. We're going to spin up our own Redis Docker container. I'm going to write a key and we'll get the V key and then learn about the command uh, line interface that Redis has. During this video, I will add time codes to each topic so you guys can jump to that topic that actually interests you the most so I don't waste your time with my babbling. If you're new here, welcome. My name is Hussein, and in this channel, we discuss all sorts of software engineering by example. So if you want to become a better software engineer, consider subscribing and hit that bell icon so you get notified every time I upload a new software engineering video. With that said, let's just jump into Redis, the in-memory key value store, NoSQL database. You guys requested this a lot, right? And uh, it is. We made it. All right. So I was between Redis and Memcached. Obviously, Redis is more popular, but I don't know if it's as good as Memcached and which is better. So take that with a grain of salt. But let's discuss table of content. What are we going to talk about in this video, guys? We're going to talk about, and you're going to start seeing time codes, guys, so you can jump to the interesting topic that you can so you don't have to watch everything obviously right okay i really value your time i don't want to waste your time so you can just watch whatever you're interested in talk about what what is an in-memory database what is a key value store what is nosql very briefly we're going to talk about how redis is an in-memory database first but then came in optional durability. They added optional durability, if you want to. And durability, we mean persistent to disk, right? We're going to talk about that a little bit. And we're going to talk about the transmission protocol, the transport protocol. What is this running on? Obviously, it's a server, right? This is a server. And how is the client communicating with it? The transmission is one of the most things that really interests me whether HTTP, TCP, whatever, right? I love this kind of transmission because the networking aspects of it is very interesting to me. So we're going to talk about what transfer protocol, what message formatting Redis uses. Okay, We're going to also talk about PubSub, right? Because they do support that, which is amazing, right? Publish, subscribe model, okay? They have this two-way communication kind of a thing, push model, I'm going to talk about briefly about replication and clustering because that is also supported in Redis. And um, finally, we're going to do an example, right? I'm going to, you're going to see guys uh, jump codes, obviously, as I said. An example, we're going to spin up a container, um, Redis, and we start playing with it, right? So you're going to have 
to have at least Docker installed. I just don't want to pollute your database with actual software installed in your Mac or Windows, right? Just with Docker, you can follow this tutorial with any operating system. That's the beauty of this. It's just agnostic. All right, let's just jump into the content, guys. So it is an in-memory key value store. Redis is an in-memory key value store database. So what is a key value store? So let's talk about that, right? So I started working with databases that are relational. That means you have to go define a schema, create a table, specify a primary key, specify which fields, specify the type of the fields, specify whether it's null or not, specify with the default values. It is a very schema system. We were used to that, right? It's an asset compliant. We talked about asset. I'm going to reference it here. What asset means, atomicity, consistency, isolation, durability, all these properties. So those guys, NoSQL guys, you know, you know what? We don't really need a schema. Who needs a schema anyway? We live in a schemaless system, right? We, with the popularity of the web, we need something flexible. I don't want to add a field every time I come up with a requirement and stop my databases and take an outage just to add a field on my database, right? So I'm going to come up with a NoSQL. We're going to call it NoSQL databases because we're against SQL, right? And uh, we said, all I need is just key value store. The key is a string. The value could be anything. could be a string, could be a number, could be a JSON, could be a blob, a media, video. I want to put anything I want, right? It could be a table inside that, right? I, I just want it to be flexible. So they, 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 this era of key value store become really popular because of adaptability. Very easy to adopt. I don't need a schema. Let me jump in, right? Talking about MongoDB, Cassandra, Redis is one of them that is kind of pushed the boundary. And he said, you know what? I don't even need disk. Right? I want it in memory. I just ma- I'm gonna make this in memory. And people laughed at first. It's like, <laughs> what the heck? A database that is in memory. What the heck does that mean? Right? But we're gonna talk about that. So yeah, as I said, key is a string, value is pretty much anything, right? And the Redis is in memory first. And people just kinda a lot of people were very uh what's the word? I'm blanking. <laughs> right. So a lot of people were suspicious about this and say, you know what? In memory, that databases, we're used to databases being uh, storing to disk. Databases has to store to disk, right? And you're coming now and just, you're doing an in-memory database. What is this? Might as well just use your own process and store variables on your memory. Why do you need this? And boy, everybody was wrong because this thing, I'm not, I don't know which, if, which came first, Redis or Memcached or maybe another mem- memory in memory database but i i know that in memory databases are very popular because they're fast latency is almost sub millisecond which is amazing and they fit the perfect cases which is what guys caching you can cache stuff you can still use you can still use your databases but they are slow they're they're going to the disk and pulling io and and yeah so so, so that's uh that's what it is. Redis is in memory first. Okay, it's also single threaded. Okay, and um, and I like I like I like how bold people 
go and so say that they are a single threat system. You cannot say this bravely because people will eat you alive because, oh, you're not a multi-threaded system, 64-bit, oh, son. Yeah, those days are gone, man. In my opinion, multi-threaded system is just very complex, right? And uh, it, it, take, it, takes, it takes courage to make your system single-threaded. And if it's single-threaded, it's okay because... A single-threaded system can still scale because you can spin up as much instances as you want with clustering and, and replication, right? It doesn't matter if it's a single thread, right? With containers, you can spin up as much processes as you want at its own container that is a single threaded versus one instance that have multiple threaded. So we fought this war 20 years ago, 2015 years ago, yeah? We fought all this multi-threaded versus single-threaded. And I, to me, I am leaning toward a single-threaded simple system versus building a complex multi-threaded system. All right, we're, we're going <laughs> away from the topic, but it's kind of in the topic, right? Single-threaded. It is a single-threaded software, but... We're still using multi-threading, but we don't give the users that ability, right? This the 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 multi-threading old I think it's the two-threaded system they called it when I read when I did my research. So two-threading, you get another thread, but you don't get to do anything with it. It's used for durability, right? So that's uh, in the background it can spin up. And we're gonna talk about this one when we talk about durability. In order, since it's min memory, there is another thread that spins off and writes to desk, whether this is an append only journal or snapshotting the whole database, right? So it does, there's another thread, but it's a single thread nevertheless, right? You might, guys, you guys might disagree with me that, hey, single threaded could be slow. <laughs> we, we can argue with that, but essentially, multi threaded is good. It gives you the ability, but it complicates your application. And there is, this is a very, very critical trade-off that you make in your in your design single versus multi-threaded so let's have a discussion in the in the comment section what do you guys think right so out of the top optional durability they built it in memory first and they say you know what we're sick of people making fun of us as a memory database we're going to make durability we will persist to disk because a lot of uh, the asset guys the asset guys that's funny <laughs> The asset guys came in and says, what kind of database you are? You're even, you don't even persist to disk. If I restart your machine, all of your precious volatile memory goes away. Where is my data? Right? So they added this optional durability aspects. And we're going to talk about two, two, two things. They, they, you, get, you get options, two options with Redis. The first one is journaling. Journaling is the ability, and pretty Pretty much all databases have this, right? Where every time I write a key, says, hey, this is my employee ID. The ID is equal, I don't know, 777. Go ahead and obviously write in a memory, blazing fast, but also write it to disk. But it's just like, essentially, it's called, uh, it's a log, commit log, essentially. Right. It's called append-only log, sometimes it's called commit log. And it's a log that goes just grows 
grows with just with just transactions what happens right so it's kind it's kind of tells you the events of what happened to the system hey uh someone inserted a row someone uh deleted a key someone i should stop saying row here <laughs> still again used to acid all right Gonna not gonna need to take a nexium here. All right, so uh, yeah, you're gonna delete the key. Someone deleted the key. Someone inserted the key. Someone appended it to the key. All that stuff is is this an append only log? Why is it called AOP? AOL. <laughs> All right, that's a that's a typo. All right, so journaling is one action of durability. Some idea of durability. All right, and uh, we talked about that. Right? So, how is this happening? Obviously, that single thread is not going and turning around in the same time and appending to the disk. No, there is another thread that does that. The moment, and here's what I don't know, and you guys can, you guys, Redis experts, correct me if I'm wrong, but when does the user get the client get back the the acknowledgement that? The my key has been updated. Is it when when optional when durability is enabled? Is it when it is written to memory, or when it is written to the append log? I do not have an answer to that. I believe personally, for sake of latency, I believe you Redis might give you that option. Whether you want to wait for that. The background thread to write it to the append only log before I that sync call get essentially get received, or you get immediately get the result after it's written to memory, right? Kind of dangerous. So I think it's gonna they. If it was me, I will leave it to the user to decide, right? The other option is snapshotting, and snapshotting is I don't know if I spelled it right. It doesn't sound right. Like, does it sound right? I don't know. It doesn't look right. Snapshotting. And the idea is, instead of for each transaction, we log it to disk, right? Which can cause delay. It depends on which kind of um, operations, right, you have. Right? What option do you have? Do you want to wait for the append log to commit before acknowledging to the client that, hey, your, your, your update has been has done your update your key has been updated or the other approach is to snapshot the whole thing so what happens is i think that when i read that it was like every two seconds or whatever so every two seconds it will literally take a snapshot of what is in memory convert it into some binary format and flush it to disk right and then and that the beauty of this is that the user has doesn't have to know any of that, right? And the idea is you go and write to the memory, and then you get always get you always write to memory in this case, right? But and then the database will the database will flush your changes to disk after you two seconds. Here's what might go wrong here: if you wrote something in memory, and then right after one second you lost power then you lost that edit because the snapshot did not took place right yet right so you might lose some data with this versus the journaling i think the default is journaling all right optional durability so both of them as we talked about both of them happen asynchronously in the background right so there's another thread that does this thing asynchronously and uh transfer protocol so what does redis uses as its transport protocol and 
it uses beautiful TCP. It's a very low-level raw TCP, all right? And that's a choice. That's a bold choice. I kind of have my uh, opinions about that, but we'll talk about that. So it uses, it uses TCP, which is the transport con control protocol. It's very low-level. Pretty much all databases uses TCP. I don't know what database vendors have against HTTP, right? I don't know. I want to see a database that works purely on HTTP, a request response database, web database that works on HTTP. What's wrong with that? I don't know. Make You get security for free. You get TLS for free. You get HTTP 2. Don't, you don't have to support 1.0 or 1.1. Support on 2.0 or 3, right? Or quick, for God's sake. I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe I'm missing something, right? I don't know. I'm mean, I'm no expert, but that's what it, to me. It's we're in desperate need of a database that runs on a web server. The database is the web server. Please, someone design this for us. All right, so it uses DCP. Oh, okay, out of the question again. Sorry, <laughs> it's a request response model, just like HTTP, which is kind of good, right? Here's the thing, right? So it's, it's a request response model. So you make a request. It's a synchronous kind of a request. And you wait for a result. And you say, hey, give me that key. Delete that key. Update that key. And you get the result back. So always the client initiate the request. There is one case where this becomes a posh model. And we're going to talk about that. Okay. Message format. They have their own fancy message format, which is... That's the first time I heard about this. It's called RESP, which is Redis Serialization Protocol, right? I don't know why it's called protocol. Right? It's, it's a message format, okay? To me, it's just a message format. But yeah, the message format is some binary stuff, right? So I don't, I don't like that one bit, right? It's just like, in my opinion, we should have gone standard, right? We should have used some standard. At least they used some standard and documented that, which is good, unlike other databases, which they don't even tell you what's the protocol they're using. They just, they're all custom and they're all hidden. Yeah, I don't believe MongoDB advertises their underlying protocol. So they did, they did kind of something good, right? They did, right. I wish they used like protocol buffers. I don't know if they can though. It's just schema-based. Yeah, I'm not sure. It's not, it's not so possible. But yeah, it's just, yeah, so it's their own protocol, fancy serialization protocol. Yeah. Yeah, there might be a limitation that I'm aware of. Again, guys, yell at me in the comment section if, if, I am, if I'm babbling. Right? Uh, PubSub. They also support a public, publish subscribe model where you can, essentially, just like Kafka, you can subscribe to a topic. I think it's called channel. And Redis, even the channel doesn't exist, it's okay. Once you publish, subscribe to this channel, you can publish something to that channel, and that client who subscribe will get that message. Because what you know what's happening when you first connect to the Redis instance, you establish a TCP connection, which is by default it is a two-way TCP connection. It's always bidirectional, right? Which is powerful because now, and that's that's kind of a good way they yeah they use TCP because of that. And then if you have that, they can switch when you subscribe, 
to a topic, they switch your connection. They kind of block you from making requests and they switch to a push model where you say, you know what, you're a client, you're now just waiting, okay? And Paul, when I, when I first read about publish, subscribe, I thought that they were going to use a long polling method, right? And unless I read, I think, and I used it, then I noticed that they are actually using a push model, not a long polling model, which is interesting, okay? Right? And uh, that's okay because the number of clients that a Redis database will have is is known. It's unlike Kafka, which is kind of a lot of clients. That's why Kafka uses a long polling versus the abandoned push model because of a reason, right? Because you cannot, the client cannot take, you cannot guarantee that the client will receive a topic, right? But now with Redis, we kind of know because limit, Redis has very limited clients, right? You, you kind of hide everything behind a web server or anything. And, but the actual client of Redis will be very internal to the application, which is hidden from the end user. All right. So switches to push model and we can talk about that. Okay. Replication and clustering. Let's talk about quickly about these two things, right? So replication, guys. You know, it's it's available everywhere, even in relational databases, right, guys? Guys, I'm not dissing anything, right, guys? So I'm not dissing relational databases. I use relational databases. I have a lot of videos on Postgres. Uh, and then, yeah, so <laughs> I don't have strong opinions about which is best. There is always pros and cons for every single, single thing. But that's just my opinion, right? But, yeah, replication, there is. Postgres support replication, Oracle support replication, SQL Server support replication, MongoDB have replication. And essentially, there's a one leader and many followers model, right? So that's the idea. So you have one leader node, and then you have many followers node, right? That that kind of replicate the data. So one leader or master node that you write everything to it, and then all the followers will pull data, right? usually asynchronously as well, right? And until just read. And then you can point your clients to the replicas or the followers to read so you can kind of scale, right? Scale your readers. But writing, I think, always goes to the master. You can write to the replica. It gets a little bit complicated out of this uh, scope of this video. And uh, there's the other thing, which is clustering. Again, clustering can happen with replication, but clustering is its own concept where you shard your data. You kind of actually have certain data, but you split it, right? You split your data into multiple nodes, right? So you say, for example, you have a table or, or a collection with 1 million rows, 1 million keys. You say, okay, the first 5,000 keys goes to this shard. The second 5,000 keys goes to this shard. And the third goes to this shard. So usually using uses consistent hashing to distribute all these uh, mumbo-jumbo, right? Across all these shards, right? So, and then you can combine clustering with replication in a hybrid format where, where your shards, your nodes, become the masters or the leaders and there, so so each leader will have part of the data, and that each leader will replicate that part of the data to its followers. Is that right? You can say its followers. Yes, yeah, 
its followers, right? So again, it's just part of the data, but it's also replicated, right? Does that make sense? So replication clustering, right? Replication is the whole thing. It's the whole data replicated. Clustering is you segment, you shard your data into multiple nodes, and that node now have it treats this as the whole data, obviously. It's whole data, but then it just replicates it. Example. All right, we're gonna we're gonna get to the example, guys. We're gonna get to the example. All right, let's do this. Let's do this. Here's what we're gonna do, right? Again, you're gonna see time cards again for the example because I am that generous. How about that? Um, I I value your time, so if I only stop speaking, I can get to the example. <laughs> right? Spin Redis Docker instance. So what you do essentially is what we wanna do is we're gonna use Docker because. It's the best way to test any technology out there. You, know, you don't have to install MongoDB on your database and pollute your database with that stuff or pollute your machine with that stuff, right? Or Postgres. Just do Docker start PG. If you named your, your container PG starts, if you don't need it anymore, Docker start PG. Docker start Redis. Docker start MongoDB. And then if you don't need it, Docker stop MongoDB. And then you can continue working normally, right? If you don't need it at all, Docker RM-RF. Delete the container. Otherwise, you're going to deal with an installation rich key. Rich keys in Windows. Yeah, but you're going to deal with files and garbage, right? Docker is like the best way to test anything, right? So we're going to do that. Then we're going to learn how to set a key because... We're going to show you how to do that. We're going to do the CLI, command CLI. It's called Redis CLI. We're going to also do a set key with expiry. So you can set a key. That's pretty powerful, um, powerful feature in Redis where you can set a key with a value and let it expire. Say, hey, expire this after 10 seconds. I don't know why we're going to do that, but let's say, hey, this value is only available for seven seconds right and then i think this this is comes back that how how do they expire keys is also another thread right i didn't read anything that talk about expiry and how they handle expire but i believe there has to be in a background thread so that that's another way they have an another thread so it's not always single threaded right it has to have another thread as well that to ch check for expired keys git key right i might be wrong again guys uh uh, correct me if I am wrong about anything. Git key, we're going to talk about exist key, we're going to talk about delete key, we're going to talk about how you delete a key, how you append a key, and we can also do a publish subscribe model. Let's just jump into the example, guys. Let's do this. Let's spin up a Docker container with Redis. All right, guys, so I am in my command prompt, right? Whether, whether you have Windows, Mac, Linux, or any other operating system that supports Docker, you're good. If you can do Docker, and you can see some text here, or you can do Docker run hello-world, and you can see hello world, you can get see no errors and nothing, you're good to go, right? If you see, I think, a hello, hello from Docker. If you see this, you're good. You can start this tutorial right now, right? Once it's installed Docker, make sure it works. Once you do these two commands, you're good to start. Let's do this. Okay. What do we want to do? We want to start a Redis instance. And Redis instance, since it's a server, obviously, it's listening to a port, obviously, right? Since it's a CCP, right? It has to listen to a layer 4 port on, a, on an IP. So you have to obviously start it with a port. And we need to know that port name. And I'm, I, I know that port number. Okay. We're going to show you right now. So here's what you do. You do Docker run right and 
always make it a habit to name your container. And I'm going to name it RDB, Redis. I don't know, I just named it RDB. Okay. And then after the, you give it a name, you say, okay, where, how do you going to expose the port? Because the port is running on, I think it's 6379. Took me a while to know it that port 6379 so as usual this the highlighted part right is what is running on the container okay that port that's running the container this port can be anything you want it could be 7777 it could be 10,000 right and that is will what will be mapped right on your host machine which is called Hussein Mac in this case to your to your container right so in this case if you mapped it the same you can have the same and let if you if you already have uh, a port that is running on 6379 you might get an error right but again this could be anything this has to be 6379 right and then finally you do redis and uh is it that can i do this okay redis is essentially the image on the docker hub right has to be called radas and then you run, and that kind of ready to accept. That's kind of fast, right? And plus, I run it before. That's why it just it just immediately starts. So in your case, might download the image and do all that mumbo jumbo and start the connection. So I can now start doing stuff. All right, where is that command CLI that we talking about? Where is that Redis command line interface? Right. So we're gonna leave this. Uh, con uh, command terminal up here. You can do dash D if you want and make it detached, but I like to keep my container so I can see what's going on and what what, what requests are coming, right? So it's good. It's good to just kind of tail it. So I'm going to go ahead and do shell, new window, and look at that, right? So we have like a side-by-side -side terminal, and here's what you're going to do. We will jump into container we're gonna bash into the container not bash we're gonna yes we're gonna execute the redis dash cli command inside the container we're gonna go inside the container and then run the command line interface inside the container so how do we do that we do docker execute dash interactive terminal ite and then you specify the name of the redis container which we called what rdb right and then the final thing is the command. And the command to run, you can do bash and then run it, but you can also run the command that is called redis-cli. Hopefully I got it right. So it's called redis-cli. I don't know why it's not just called redis. All right, and you're in. Now you are on the redis-cli, right? You're there. All right, what can we do, guys? We spun up a Docker container. How about we... Set a key, because that's what, it's a key value store, right? So I'm going, and look at how beautiful this autocomplete is. You can see the autocomplete immediately happening, right? So I'm going to set a key that is called, I don't really thought about that, huh? I'm going to set a key that called name, right? And then call it Hussein, right? So now, it says okay, which means... The name has been set. How do you get it? Very hard. Get and then key. <laughs> All right. That's pretty cool, right? You set a name and then you get it back, right? How about I'm going to set a value 
name temp, right? This is another key, and that's called Edmond. And then we're gonna set an expiry for that thing, right? And uh, I think the syntax is ex, and then you specify how many seconds. So let's specify 10 seconds, okay? So I set a new key called Edmond, uh, name temp. So let's get it, temp, name temp, and it's called Edmond. So let's wait for 10 seconds and then pull it again. And that should go away. Let's try it. Has it been 10 seconds already? Yes. So it had been 10 seconds and now we're getting nil. That means it doesn't exist. Nil means anything that doesn't exist. Example of something that doesn't exist, balloony. Balloony doesn't exist. So it says nil. All right, so we learned set. We learned set with expiration. We learned get. How about exist? Does exist is pretty cool. Exist is just it returns a true false or just a number, I think. Name temp. Name temp doesn't exist. How about name? Name does exist, right? It returns zero and one, right? And we're going to make a video, guys, uh, about like Node.js or JavaScript against the Redis database. So stay tuned for that video. Subscribe if you would like to. Right, let's go ahead and delete Dill. That's not hard. It's exactly like the command line interface in Windows, at least. Right, Dill name, and now it's deleted. It says true. Right now, if I say exist name, it doesn't exist anymore. Let's clear. Right, so let's append. If I can, I append to something that doesn't exist. Right, let's do Hussein. Right, I got seven. I have no idea what that what that means. We got it back, so let's append to name uh, John. We got eleven. I don't know what that what, I, what that means. Seriously, I don't know. Is this one, two, three, four, five, six? Oh man, we get back the length of the string. That is amazing. And now, if I do a get name, that's pretty cool. All right, that's cool. Right. And then uh, we did append. How about we do a publish subscribe model? So here's how, what you do, guys. So I, let's assume I have my YouTube channel and I'm going to create a channel called new videos, right? I'm going to subscribe to a channel called new videos, right? And just like that, I cannot do much here. That's it. See, I... I cannot type anything here. I'm kind of waiting for results because we, we we told you, right? We talked about this. We shift to a push model when we subscribe. And then how do I publish a video? So very simple. Let's go ahead and create another shell. Hopefully. Yes, it works. And then we're going to do docker exec-it rdb. Uh, what are those called? Uh, Redis. Uh, CLI? Oh, I keep forgetting. Okay, good. We're in. Now I'm going to publish to the channel that's called New Videos. A message then says, uh, Redis Crash Course is up, babes. And then we publish this successfully. Let's go back to the other terminal. Ooh, nice. We get a message. Now, I didn't work with this JavaScript yet, but I'm believing we're going to get back a nice JSON formatted string, right, that we can work with. So we get that. We get that. Let's, let's, pub, let's publish another thing. Publish new videos. Uh, I don't know. C Sharp Crash Course. Published a new video. Like a message. And we get it back. 
isn't that amazing, guys? Right? Let's, what happened if I published a channel that doesn't exist? Sup? Huh. It fails. It gives you zero. That means I couldn't find that channel because either that nobody's... I don't know if it creates a physical channel or not, but what happens here is... Everything is here, is, by the way, is done in the memory. Right, guys? But what's happening here is if no subscribers exist for that channel, then it's going to give you a zero, I think. Right? It doesn't really check. Final thing before we end this video, guys. What I noticed is... And let's go here. This is the database, and you can see, right? You can see the the information that we got and then what happens here is the database starts when we do a docker it starts with durability available right i don't know the details about that i think we can change the config but i think it starts with journaling and what will do what will that happen is every update goes to the desk so this is a persisted model if I stop my Kotera and start it again, well, let's try it. I have no idea, guys, if that will work. So let's kill it, right? See, I killed it and say DB save to disk. Interesting. Bye-bye. Interesting. I never tried this, by the way. So let's clear it, and they say Docker start RDB. And then we'll bash it again. And then let's get, what did we have? I, I don't have, we have anything works good name the st john so it does start with durability that was i didn't test that by the way i just tested like life while i'm making that video how about that guys so it is durable by default when you start from docker you can disable that i do not know how but i'm going to reference the docs here if you're interested in doing that it's possible to disable durability that so that hey i i just want in memory always in memory right and then get all that fancy stuff. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed this video. Uh, if you enjoyed it, share it with your friends. And subscribe to the channel to get more coolish software engineering uh, videos. I'm going to see you in the next one. You guys stay awesome.